Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Weighing in on the plus size influencer conversation. This says, uh, Ty Ty, sensitivity training. Easy young men. Hey, man. This says, if the Cowboys consider bringing her in for a workout. <laughs> <laughs> Can she play linebacker? <laughs> Can she tackle Aaron Jones uh, in a playoff She's obviously game? athletic. Yeah, man. Tyreek Hill is a little powerful dude, man. She, she, put him, she put him on his back, apparently. So, hey, man, she's athletic enough. I, I haven't seen her. I'm going to look her up, but. And, uh, Sophie. She's six one, two fifty. She's huge. That's, 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 like she's, she's not. Huge. I mean, she's. I said I said the f word, and she may be that, but it's more that she is like she could play. She has like a left big, tackle build. Yeah, she's a big woman. She's yeah, big person. she's bigger. She's like Kyle Flood would like her. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Chloe, like, like Sark. Chloe's big humans. A, Chloe's a big woman. Yeah, she's just a. What's the wrong Chloe that? Male, female, big, big woman. Well, Cl- Chloe is yeah. OJ's daughter. Oh, uh, there is a theory about that. Yes, there. And I don't. Dis- it could be. Who knows? They dispute it though. They 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 say that she is not OJ's daughter, but they have not taken a DNA test. Have you seen her recently? What she looks like? No. But she's skinny, right? She looks like it literally has a new face. Like she got so. Oh, yeah. Like she literally. It's like they ripped off her old face and put a new face on her. Between Ozempic and between all the plastic surgeries, none of the Kardashians look. No, but at least like Kim, like you, you, you can look at her, a picture of her twenty years ago and a picture of her today. Yeah, she looks similar. Still and pretty similar. Similar. Khloe Kardashian literally looks like a completely different person. She's trying to look more like Kim. I mean, that's what she's trying to look more. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I don't. I, that, is that show still on? By the way. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm, uh, I'm asking. Yeah, it's on like Hulu or something. They stream it now. I'm a fan of that show. Quite honestly, huh. it's not like I watch it, go seek out watching it, but if, if my girlfriend's watching it or my mom, like I'll, I'll pop down for an episode. Huh. It's interesting. I've never seen a full, a full episode, um, any of them. Uh, I'm not sure. Just if like I clips. Every time you, you only see clips now again that'll yeah. surface on uh, in social media and things like that. So uh, there we go. So, yeah, thank you, Tyree Kill, for living an interesting life that uh, leads to fun conversations. He might be. Yeah, he's one of the most interesting guys in the league. That's, that's for damn sure. It has to be. That's and always he, always and he's still damn near caught 2,000 yards worth of receiving. It doesn't distract him from his job. Guy locks in. He's just got a lot going on. <laughs> He's got a lot going yeah, on, it's safe man. to say the move to Miami has uh, – Yeah, he's having fun. Yeah, he's living. Like I said, it, it, that's, that's that Miami lifestyle. It's a fast – that's fast living, man. Like you said, it's fast living right there. 24-7. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the uh, headlines, top stories to start the 8 o'clock hour. We've got uh, At the Turn coming up bottom of this hour. We've also got Rod behind the BOC. We've got Combine Conversation. First, the news. Top Gun Reynolds and Lana Quinn bring you the top stories, and we'll start with uh, college basketball. And yeah, it was the Big 12 game of the year on the women's side last night, and 
pretty crushing loss north of the Red River for the third-ranked Texas women. Vic Schaefer's Horns are looking to make it nine straight and possibly pull even with uh, first-place Oklahoma atop the Big 12 standings. They held a lead, 70-68. to 68. And with under 15 seconds, they're going to get the ball back. Madison Booker had a rebound. Uh, ball was swiped out of her hands. She was called for traveling. There was debate whether she ever controlled the ball, but traveling was called. Led led Oklahoma retaining possession. And then after a scramble on a rebound of a missed shot, the ball ended up in Oklahoma senior Lexi Key's hands, who drained the game-winning three-pointer with under four seconds to go. Uh, Sooners win it 71-70. They win the outright Big 12 title. Beat the Longhorns twice this season, improved to 15-2 and two on the, in the Big 12. Texas falls to 13-4. and four. Madison Booker at 26 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists for the Horns on the night. They're 26-4 and four overall. They host BYU in their regular season finale on Saturday. Uh, Longhorns will still be a very high seed come tournament time. Luka Doncic at 30 points, 16 assists, 11 rebounds on his 25th birthday in the NBA. Kyrie Irving had 15 of his 29 in the fourth quarter to lead the Mavericks to a win over the Raptors. 136-125 last night, one night after getting buzzer-beatered in Cleveland. Today is the first day of the on-field workouts at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Defensive linemen, linebackers going through their way in. Three former Longhorns taking part today. Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, and Jalen Ford will be all be on the field. Wednesday's portion of the week-long event saw each prospect made available to the media for Q&A sessions. All three Longhorns confirmed that they have met with both the Cowboys and Texans while in Indy when informal uh, interviews. Devondre Sweat, meanwhile, confirmed that he will participate in all of the on-field drills after weighing in today, as will Murphy. Murphy talked yesterday about playing alongside the Outland Trophy winner while at Texas. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, we'll hear from uh, Byron Murphy coming up, talking about playing next to the Outland Trophy winner. He yeah. and uh, Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, that uh, dynamic duo on the we'll defensive go. line for Texas. Yeah, we'll do it behind the burn on screen because uh, I got some uh, Byron Murphy cuts and some Tavondre Sweat cuts. I want to replay the cut you played from earlier, the uh, Tavondre Sweat talking about his uh, 40 time, <laughs> what he's going to run, which obviously a D-tackle nobody really cares about. But if he does something crazy at 350 pounds and runs, I don't know, low five, you know, something like that. I mean, that would be extraordinary. Um, but it's all about what he's going to weigh. Uh, that's what everybody wants to know. I don't know, know when. I don't even know when that'll come in. Actually, when that news will drop. But that'll be the big story for Devondre Sweat. What is he going to weigh? Because he's at the Senior Bowl. I believe he was 365. That's why he didn't want to weigh in. So if he didn't want to weigh in at 365 at the Senior Bowl, he's definitely going to be lighter for the combine. You know, what I mean, otherwise, if he didn't care what, what he, you know, what he was gonna weigh in in terms of his performance weight, he would just weigh in at the senior bowl and be like, "Hey, man, this is what I, this is what I weigh. Deal with it." He's obviously been told it's a concern. It's uh it's something that scouts are looking at. They are, you know, right now correlating that to whether you you could be a three down player as opposed to a two down player. So you got to show him that it, you could at least lose weight if you need to. And that's, I think that's the big question. He's still going to play at 365. That's what, 360 or whatever. Maybe some team, you know, may, wants him at 360 or 355. But I think he's still going to end up playing close to 360. And he's really, he looks, like I said, he looks like he carries it really well. It's not, it doesn't look like he's laboring out there or look like he, you know, is not well conditioned. I mean, he's a guy who's got great effort. Um, and I I think he's going to weigh in probably 355, maybe three below that, 352. I doubt he's below 350, though. I doubt he loses 15 pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot of weight to lose. Yeah, you can lose 10 in water weight and just, you know, yeah. 
what'd you say, Ozempic? <laughs> the depend. I don't Seriously. even know what that is, but you're you, you oh, talking man. about the weight loss oh, man, Ozempic opportunity. It's crazy. It's yeah. supposed to be, I believe, for people with like diabetic issues. Or yeah, that's what like it started that. as, right? But then I now think it's like what a, side, the happy accident. Pad. Yeah, it's side effects of it. You could lose weight, so now you can't even get it. Anyway, um, but he's got. A, I think losing ten pounds. That's. A, I think that's that's doable. Yeah, that's doable for him. But who knows what he's going to weigh in at? I just, we just know it's going to be lighter. We know it's going to be lighter than. We'll see. He'll yeah. he'll he'll jump on the scale. We'll probably know during the show this morning before. That'll uh, be the, one of the first things they do. Uh, I would I would think that's, that's how the, the morning starts. And then they do bench press. Yeah, they do the height and the weights, and then they do. Then they bench press, and then yeah. they head over and do on field agility drills. stuff like yep. that. Mm-hmm. And for for uh, and for Tavondre Sweat, that's going to be important too. I mean, depending on what he weighs in, how he carries it, they want to see him moving in the uh, position drills. That's what Byron Murphy is supposed to do freakish, crazy stuff because he's got really good footwork because he was a running back in high school and a linebacker, and apparently he's a he's a freak athletically. Like, lifting, he's really strong, and he's a guy at that size that can really move. <laughs> um, like, in terms of his agility and short area quickness for a guy that size, and that's what he's going to show off at the combine. Some people are saying he might have the best combine for a D lineman. Potentially, period this year. The, uh, 100%. So, so, so I, I know that we do a lot of ads for prize picks and underdog on the station. Yeah. You can actually, I, I place, I put a few picks in for overs and unders on the combine 40 times today. So if that's Ooh. something that interests you. I, oh, you t- can bet on that. To Vondre Strouet, is that uh, over or more or less 5.1 on the 40 time? And Byron Murphy is more or less 5.03. Lower. So, I go, I go lower for Byron. I go higher for Tavondre. That's what I did as well. There you go. Can we hear Tavondre Sweat real quick? This is, uh, you know, Tavondre Sweat was, he is, uh, he's a character, right? He's, he's the biggest guy there for sure. He is. But he's also maybe the biggest character there. Uh, listen to this yesterday with Tavondre Sweat uh, joking with the media. Just, he's just a genuine guy. And here's Tavondre Sweat uh, making friends with uh, the assembled media in Indy yesterday. Ma'am? Did you weigh in? I haven't. Okay. Weigh in tomorrow. So... Everybody that want to know, you'll see tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you expecting? What do, where do you want to be to be the most effective that you could be as a player? Oh, uh, this past season I played 365, and that's where I feel comfortable at. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big increase from what you played at previous seasons. What was fine You know, you know how man is. I mean, you want yourself. Um, we got to grow into our bodies, and. This is me, as y'all see. I'm a big guy, big frame, and that's just how it is. I just grew into my body, man. How much has your frame been a talking point with teams when you've been in interviews or had conversations? Everyone, everyone. But uh, let y'all know, I'm doing everything at the combine before y'all even ask. Uh, I feel like a lot of y'all gonna be like, when I run this 40, you know? Shock, I'm gonna shock a lot of y'all, you know, so. So what do you anticipate running? Four, 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 five. <laughs> <laughs> pretty he's good. so funny. Yeah. Oh, man, T-Sweat. Probably over five, but uh, he's 360, so, you know. That's, that's, that's extraordinary um, because at his size, 360, if he ends up running a 5-1 or a 5-2, that, that may be one of the, more, the freakiest things at the combine. At, it, depending on what he weighs in it, I think he'll probably weigh in, like I said, 350, 352, 50, 53, somewhere around there. But, man, T-Sweat's got a chance to make a lot of money. He does well. A lot of money. Um, you know, he's he played in high school in Huntsville, right at two fifty-five. 
and he yeah. just fits basketball. He just keep, as he said, I just keep growing in my body. But that's what the NFL is scared of. Yes, that he's going to keep the growing. NFL, yeah, the NFL is like, yeah, you're joking, but we don't like that. We don't want you to keep growing. We need you to stop right now <laughs> at this weight because if you get to 375, then you, you know, I mean, you're not going to be able to do big. us any favors because you'll just be a one to two down player and you won't be able to be a pass rusher and you won't be able to penetrate. And that's the concern. So for him, it is important. I know he's joking, he's having a good time, but it is important for him to come in about 10 to 12 pounds lighter. Then the NFL goes, okay, he's got enough discipline, he's got enough self-control that if he needs to lose the weight, he can lose the weight. If I want him to play at 355, he can play at 355. And then in the offseason, he can do what he wants to do and then come in and we can lose that, that 15 to 20 pounds again. And he proves he's an all-pro or a pro bowler. We won't ask him to do a damn thing ever again. We won't ever worry about his weight again. He comes in and, you know, because I played with Sean Rogers in Detroit. The weight concerns with Sean Rogers. Once Sean Rogers was an all-pro, nobody ever asked him about his weight ever again. Never, it was never a concern. So once you prove that you can play at the highest level, they won't be concerned about what your playing weight is. They're only concerned about it now because that is affecting the evaluation. The evaluation is if he's too heavy, he's going to be just an early down player. If he, light, if he lightens up a little bit, then he can play all three downs, even the passing downs as a pass rushing D tackle, which Byron Murphy is. That's, that's why I love Byron Murphy so much because he's a pass rushing D tackle. And I think Tavondre Sweat can do that, by the way. Um, but the NFL has concerns about it. Um, but he is the best run-stuffing defensive tackle in the draft. Byron Murphy is the best pass-rushing defensive tackle in the draft. But I think they're both top five in both, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, interesting from the, from the combine, Rod, in addition to the Longhorn guys, and you're to, you'll go behind the burn orange curtain here coming up after at the turn uh, with more with Byron Murphy and where they're headed. But a couple notes on, uh, from, the, from the top of the draft. I did see where Caleb Williams, who uh, who's likely to be the number one overall pick to the Bears, has put to rest any conversation about he doesn't he, he won't be happy if he gets drafted by the Bears. Yes. Um, you know, smart to do so. Yes, he had a quote yesterday. He was talking to Pete Thamel of ESPN. Says if I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. If they trade the pick, I get drafted by someone else, I'll be just as excited. Um, speaking of Chicago, they have a talented team, a talented offense and defense. For anyone to be in that situation, I think they'd be excited. Uh, he says, I'm not pushing any agenda. At the end of the day, the Bears have the say. Regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing the agenda. I want to go or not go. Uh, I'm excited for whatever comes. He said he's been, uh, since he was younger, he's been watching some uh, some Michael Jordan film. Watching watch Michael Jordan games. Yeah, man. Uh, great Bears from the past. Feels like he may end up a Chicago Bear. Uh, by the way, his fa- there are reports that his father has, in, has looked into the idea. Because uh, remember, Lionel Messi getting part ownership group mm-hmm. of the MLS team. Remember Tom Brady? There was talk of him getting yeah, yeah. ownership. And you and I talked about people will forget this. The NFL owners got together and said, we're putting a rule in place. Mm-hmm. We're voting. <laughs> we're not. I mean, the, immediately. It was actually, it was unanimous it was actually vote. proposed by Clark Hunt. Th- the cheapest owner in the league. Yeah. 32 It was proposed by him. So there's a rule in place in the NFL that yeah. players cannot get ownership stake in teams. Yep. Correct? No, no player can do it. Because uh, there was a report that Caleb Williams' father and the, the team had, had had looked into the idea. Yep. And if he can get it, then Patrick Mahomes would want it. And that's why his owner was like, no, I'm not even giving it to my guy. No. And I got the best one in the league. Clark Hunt proposed it. He pro- yeah, he, he's the one that proposed it. Yeah. Clark Hunt, always yeah, looking forward. Exactly. Let, not up in here. That guy's, I tell you, he might be the cheapest of all the millionaires in that league, man. Maybe the shrewdest. And he's working for him. But, yeah, maybe shrewd is probably the better one. So when one. you hear people say, because, again, it's, it's, it's a growing thing in sports – giving more ownership stake or at least, you know, streaming stake into the athletes. 
Not the NFL. Mm-mm. They ain't sharing. No. They're like, no, this billionaire's club 32 is zero. Yeah. You got to go find find another find another. Basically, when you retire, you can do it. Yeah, once you retire, well, but as a as a player, now nah, we're not letting it. And out. their argument is that it kind of circumvents the salary cap and it gives you you know we have a cap for a reason, right? We we yeah. want the things to be parity. We start giving up ownership stakes. Now we, we know the real reason. First, Tom Brady was the one that's going to try. That's, Remember, that's he, right. he was going to try to be Jackie Moon and with the Miami Dolphins. That's right. And, and be a player slash. So, so I wonder. If if he would have went through with it, I wonder if he would have got kind of grandfathered in, and then they'd have let Tom Brady. He, Tom Brady might have found a loophole. Yeah, a really desperate franchise willing willing to do it. Which, by the way, Stephen Ross and the Dolphins got voted number one in everything by the players. Yeah, they did. They liked them. Number one, mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins were in that that NFLPA player vote. The uh, the Dolphins won everything. Chiefs owner was the last. Yeah, <laughs> amazingly. But I will also say this, and now you know we, we this kind of extends uh, extends the bullish or BS conversation, Rod. But Dan Orlovsky, who does a good job on ESPN, former quarterback himself, uh, breaking down quarterbacks. Uh, speaking of Caleb Williams, he is now on the record saying that the the Bears should take Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. the quarterback from LSU. Told you. As we're watching film, he said, uh, yeah. "I think number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement wise, is Jaden Daniels." Number two, when we're talking about explosive plays, guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does that look like? Jaden Daniels throw the, throws the best ball downfield. And number three, he's got the best pocket piece. All these guys are athletic. It's no longer plus uh, anyone to his attributes, patience and peace in the pocket. He's the best at it. Thinks Jaden Daniels is the best prospect in this draft. Yeah, the uh, the one knock on Jane Daniels, remember I told you guys that he was definitely going to surpass Drake May in most people's eyes, and I believe, who is that? Um... Who was the last mock draft? Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper had uh, Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May, if I'm not mistaken. And I think there are a lot of – and who was the other? Was it was it Merrill Hodge who liked uh, Jaden Daniels and didn't like uh, Drake May? I think it was yeah, Merrill Hodge Merrill Hodge does not like Drake May or Caleb like Williams. May. He likes Jaden Daniels, though. Yes. He actually likes Jaden Daniels. So I knew he was going to pass Drake May. Now they're talking about him you know, being the best pure thrower in the draft. That's different. The, the one knock on him from the scouts, from what I can gather – he doesn't have a lot of sample size of his throws over the middle of the field in the intermediate uh, area, right? We're talking about intermediate anywhere from 10 to to 25 yards down the field in between the numbers. If you look at that part of his game, um, only 9.3% of his dropbacks were in that area of the field, which ranked 163rd out of 196 qualifying quarter, quarterbacks since 2019 in college. The only quarterback to be drafted in the first two rounds to have a lower rate since 2020 was Justin Fields Ooh. at 8.1%. Throwing, that is the toughest area to throw to in football. Well, in the NFL. In the NFL, it's the toughest area to throw to. is that intermediate area there um, because it's so congested and your windows close up so quickly. And that's where all your disguise is, too. Tougher to disguise things outside the numbers, <laughs> right? Outside the numbers and near the sideline. There ain't no disguise out there. If the guy's open out there, he's open. But in the middle of the field, oh, man, there are safeties rotating. There are linebackers dropping. There are things that you may not see that are developing in the middle of that field, and that window closes quickly. That window on the outside, if you can make that throw on the outside, and that's why they make those, they let you have those tougher throws. (laughs) That's a tougher throw. That's a tougher throw on the outside physically. But in terms of mental processing, the toughest place to throw is the middle of the field. In terms of your mental processing as a quarterback, you got to throw those guys open. you got to be really anticipatory. 
in the way you deliver the football over the middle. And and like I said, there are safeties rotating. There are uh, linebackers dropping. There's a lot more uh, a lot more variables all right, that are taking place in the middle of the field there, especially in the intermediate area. That's not happening on the outside the numbers. You know what I mean? You, you see somebody open out there, they're open, you got it. You just got to make sure physically you can make that throw, but that's why defenses are designed the way that they are. It's an interesting conversation, and let's remember, Jaden Daniels. But I like Jaden Daniels, though, by the way, for yeah. the record. Love me some Jaden Daniels. But he did well, have two first-round wide receivers. He did. That he was throwing to. Uh, and Brian Kelly's a good, good quarterback <laughs> Brian Kelly's, in that yeah, offense. Yeah. Look, he's 6'4". So he's gonna. We'll see what he measures in at, but he's listed at six four two ten. So he's got the size. He started fifty five games in college. I mean, people oh, forget yeah. he was two years at LSU, Arizona but he played Arizona State, State for three yeah. years before that. Yeah, he was good there too, and he was a good player there. Yeah, uh, not as not playing with, with as many good players, but he put up big numbers there. And then transferred through the portal to LSU, where he put up historically good numbers and won the Heisman Trophy this year. Yeah. Uh, and their three losses weren't because they didn't have good offense; they couldn't stop anybody last year. Defense was terrible. Defense was terrible. It's fired everybody though. And that is interesting that here we are, and this happens at, you know, most years where the assumed number one pick has been Caleb Williams, Drake made number two, and now you're hearing the, the nitpicking on them, and there's this dark horse coming up the backside that people are arguing for in Jaden Daniels. And, you know, you know the scouts and the GMs. I heard Sean Payton say this at the Super Bowl. He said, you know, I haven't watched any of these quarterbacks. Like, we, we're working. We're yeah, doing – we're, yeah, we're trying to win games. That's what our scouts are for. They put yeah. together the scouting reports. We don't start working on this until the, the season's over. We, we're just That's about right. to dive in. That's right. Uh, to this, and so now the, the GMs and this, the coaches are watching the film of these quarterbacks. And, you know, now you hear Dan Orlovsky say it. You wonder if you'll hear more from Jaden Daniels. The more you watch him, the more you're like, wow. Yeah. That kid can that's – that's some good ball placement right there. And, I, um, yeah, I agree with that, man. That's, right. It's an interesting conversation. He won the Heisman. He won the Walter Camp Award. He – you know, he was uh, won the won the Manning Award this year. Won every every significant quarterback award, and uh, put up almost five thousand total yards. He, you know, he was almost like a video game, like Lamar Jackson when he, he won really in Louisville was, with man. his statistics. Yep. And you know, he he, he threw for thirty eight hundred and twelve yards this year, threw forty touchdowns, and ran for thirteen eleven hundred thirty four. Crazy. I mean, freaky stuff. Freaky stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I mean, is that, uh, is that Orlovsky with a hot take, or is that, you know, he's a quarterback himself watching the film and saying he thinks the Bears should take Jaden Daniels? My theory was that the Lamar Jackson um, MVP campaign were going to make people go to, or at least that was going to increase his draft stock because people were going to go to the comparison between, man, kind of reminds me of Lamar Jackson. Even you said that. Um, it kind of reminds you of Lamar Jackson the way he runs out there. And I, I thought that would subconsciously, it would, you know, make some of the GMs and execs think to themselves, man, what if we had a quarterback like that? Well, the next, the only quarterback coming out like that is Jane Daniels. So I figured that's why he would surpass Drake May. Um, I didn't have any idea that they start talking about him being the best quarterback in the draft. But I will say, man, his stats are freaky. Stat they are freaky. You know, here's a, here's a, a freaky stat about him. So, um, since 2019, no quarterback has scrambled more than Jaden Daniels <laughs> did in college. Nobody. He had 258 career scrambles, uh, sit firmly atop. Matter of fact, only one other quarterback had more than 200 scrambles since 2019. He had 258. Dang. And the player who ranks third is uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson. He finished with 167 scrambles in his career, nearly 100 fewer than Daniels. So nobody has scrambled more, and that also distorts the film a little bit because he gets, he gets out of dodge. 
he go. He's like, that's how you rush for 1,200 yards almost. He's really decisive when he's like, now I'm tucking and running. And what what NFL scouts want to see is you kind of go through deeper progressions, which he doesn't really have to because he's got two NFL wide receivers. They get open. Yeah. (laughs) They get open really quickly. Um, How about this? On his scrambles against Power 5 teams, he had an explosive play rate of 27%, which means, ladies and gentlemen, 27% of the time that he decided to scramble, it resulted in a 12-plus-yard rush. That's Johnny Manziel-like. That is freaky. Lamar Jackson. But also, when he targeted neighbors, Malik neighbors, or uh, Brian Thomas, the wide receiver, they had an explosive play, 15 yards or more, 28% of the time, which is also absurd. 28% of the time you target those dudes, you ended up with an explosive play. Crazy. Uh, Huge numbers. I mean, he rushed for 8.4 yards per carry and threw for uh, almost 12 yards per throw. So he was an explosive play almost every time. Everything he did was the first down. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, keep an eye on Jaden Daniels. Remember, John, Jim Harbaugh thinks J.J. McCarthy is going to be the number one quarterback when it's all said and done. So, well, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, he's right. You're right about that. J.J. McCarthy, people have said that. he's the, the linchpin of the draft. because crazy. Top three are going to go maybe one, two, three, which, whichever order. And then who's going to get J.J. McCarthy becomes the next big question because, um, you know, the views on Bo Nix and Michael Penix are split. Yes. Some people like Bo Nix, some people don't. Some I'll, people take, like... I'll take Penix above Nix. Yeah. But those are seen as yeah. no, it's quarterbacks, you know, five and six, right? Yeah. If the top four are Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, then J.J. McCarthy, the next two would be Nix and Penix. Yeah, because J.J. McCarthy is surpassing Nix and Penix right now yeah. in a lot of people's minds. I, I think Mel Kuyper last draft had him going 12th yeah. to Denver, I believe. Bo Nix's game, this is what bothers me, bothers me about Bo Nix's game. He threw 329 passes to what they consider open or wide-open receivers, uh, wide-open targets in 2023. He had a 3.9 dot average depth of target on those open to wide-open targets, which means they was just screens. They was just screens and quick passes, real easy stuff. And 74% of his yards were on throws coming with via yards after the catch, basically. 74% of his yards came on yards after the catch throws pretty much. That, that worries me a little bit because that's the offense. Yeah. And he, I'm, I'm not seeing him throw the football down the field, vertical shots challenging the defense in that manner. A lot manner. of short passes. A lot of short passes that are schemed open. Which you don't do in the NFL that much, right? No, that every now and then you do, but not that much. It, corn dog, I guess. That gets blown up most <laughs> yeah. of the time. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll be at the turn halfway through our Thursday conversation. We'll uh, hit some uh, at the turn chatter. Also, Rod will take us behind the BOC. Hill from the Longhorns at the end of Indianapolis Scouting Combine. Coming back on Hook 'em Up. At the turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. We are at the turn. We're halfway through our five-hour Thursday conversation, final day of February, and it's the 366th day of the year. We'll be right when we get to the end there. This is the extra day. This is the extra day, Rob. Oh, yeah. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Do something value. good. Do something good. Uh, speaking of the extra day, I will have some uh, what I think is important personal information coming up uh, after the top of the hour I'd like to share. Uh, we'll also uh, get another rant from Rod next hour, and Rod's going to take us behind the burn orange curtain. But just after 9 o'clock, I'll have some, uh, some breaking news. But I'm going to tell you about uh, the golf tournament, Rod. So since 1982, the event that tees off today at PJ National was called the Honda Classic. Okay. It's no longer called the Honda Classic. It's the Cognizant Classic. I don't know what Cognizant is, but some company. I don't okay. know. Okay. There you go. It's been the Honda Classic. Uh, but PJ National there in uh, Florida is a, is a beast of a golf course. Uh, it's you know the, the biggest name playing this weekend on the golf side, uh, nine holes out with nine to go, is 
Rory McIlroy. And at a press conference yesterday, Rory said he was not bothered by the comment made by Taylor Gooch from the Live Tour that uh, remember he said the Masters would be tainted or an asterisk if uh, Rory oh, yeah. wins it since a lot of the Masters, the Live guys won't be playing in it. Rory said he was not bothered. Unbothered. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised about that. Usually Rory doesn't mind getting petty. Well, he act- I'll give Rory this credit. He he actually said, you know what, if you go back and read the entire quote and the question, it was almost like the interviewer was trying was trying to lead him to that answer, and he kind of defended Taylor Gooch in that, that he it got, it got uh, pulled out as a hot take. And he, you know, he said, if you read the whole quote, it's really not. It's really not. So I'm not bothered by <laughs> okay. it. Okay, there you go. Uh, Taking the high road. Good and, for you. And essentially saying, you know, and Rory is saying, look, if I win a green jacket, I don't give a damn. I got a green jacket. Mm, yeah, that's I'm true. Gonna, I'm not, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, if yeah. I win at Augusta, because that's, that, that's the career grand slam for him, right? Yeah. He's won four it's majors. He's, he's never won the Masters. Um, and obviously he'll be one of the favorites when he gets there. And this is a good test for that as we're, you know, they spent the last two months on the West Coast. Now they're headed to Florida. PJ National, uh, one lifetime Longhorn team off today. That will be Bo Hossler. Bo Hossler playing this weekend at PJ National. The defending champion of that event is uh, Chris Kirk. So they'll tee off in Florida today. The Cognizant Classic, formerly known as the Honda Classic. Nice. If you're looking for some golf this weekend, uh, for sure. Ben, yesterday was not the day to play golf. It was so dang windy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. Well, hey, sometimes can't the wind help you? No. Depending on what hole you're on? You, know, it, 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 you have to win at your back? That doesn't help you? Uh, well, so you, you think it was. Especially off the tee it does because right. you get distance. But, man, if you're trying to be precise with your irons, trying to hit okay. it into the pin, right. uh, it's hard to, to gauge a lot of times. So it's like track, man. The wind's behind you. Wind's yeah. behind you. It's wind-dated, but still. You think it would. Fast. But, yeah, any crosswinds become a pain in the butt for okay. sure. Because any spin on the ball is going to get exaggerated, so your slice gets worse and everything. But, yeah, wind's, wind, you know, most golfers would tell you it's a lot. They'd rather play in the rain than the wind. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because with the rain, it softens everything up and you can throw darts. But the wind, man, things are blowing all over the place. So uh, I don't know what the case is going to be in Florida. But today here, it was a windy sucker yesterday, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right, there's some at the turn. It's brought to you by Callahan's General Store. Get out to Callahan's each and every day to keep your yard and make your yard look like a golf course on a day-by-day basis year-round, keeping it looking great at Callahan's General Store with at the turn. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, so we know that Tavondre Sweat uh, impressed the media. We just heard him uh, uh, holding court with the media at uh, the Combine, having a good time, joking around. And he's got a larger-than-life personality, fits his larger-than-life frame and stature. But I also read a tweet uh, from Tony Pauline at the NFL Combine who said, Byron Murphy, D-tackle from Texas, was the most physically impressive defender this morning during the NFL Combine media session. I'm told he already has 25 official meetings here in Indy, still hearing the Vikings at 11, potentially, is what Tony Pauline is throwing out there. He's a draft analyst. So, I mean – before he even works out, it looks like you know Byron Murphy is rising up draft boards, and he might have impressed folks even more with his uh, media availabilities there at the NFL Combine. He went into a lot of different 
topics. He was asked about a lot of different things. So we're going to play a couple of cuts of audio of Byron Murphy at the Combine. The first one, actually, for Longhorn fans, uh, I'm sure you'll find this one interesting. Shout out to my man Corey Mose of KVU. Um, here, Byron Murphy is asked who is going to be the next breakout defender for Texas football next season. Who should Texas fans be on the lookout for? Here is what Byron Murphy had to say. Uh, I say on defense, I'm pretty sure y'all heard of him. He's a freshman. I say Anthony Hill. And I say uh, when it's time for him, you know, for him to come, you know, and uh, do this process, I feel like he's going to be a first-round guy. So just be on the lookout for him. Calling his shot that Anthony Hill is going to be a first-round guy. As I said earlier, I think he can and should be a first-round pick. But the way they utilize him and weaponize him is going to be big. If they can move him around, showcase his ability to be a pass rusher off the edge uh, in, you know, in the interior gaps, if they can show him his ability to drop back and be a, you know, a good pass defender, uh, they can show his ability to be someone that can be a run stuffer, move him around the formation and show his versatility, I think that'll increase his value in draft stock. If they just keep him at off-ball linebacker most of the time, um, they, I don't, it's hard to just be drafted there, as, drafted first round as an off-ball linebacker. The, that, that is not a premium position, so the value drops. But when you turn someone into a hybrid chess piece, that can increase their draft stock because you can move them around. That's becoming positionless. Football is becoming more and more popular. If he can be there, you know, Texas version of Michael Parsons, as Ty mentioned earlier. Uh, OK, let's uh, hear from Byron Murphy again. He was also he also met with the Texans and was asked about playing potentially for the Texans. Uh, here is Byron Murphy. Byron, what would it mean to get drafted by the Houston Texans and play for a coach like D'Amico Ryan's in that swarm mentality defense? Uh, man, it'll, it'll mean a lot, uh, you know, getting drafted by Houston, uh, you know, also just staying in Texas, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with that because I'm from Texas, you know, but uh, it'll mean a lot playing for Domingo Ryan, you know, uh, a young, uh, a young African-American coach, so uh, it'll mean a lot to me. Byron, what would it mean to get um, D'Amico Ryans is from the obviously the Shanahan coaching tree. We know the Shanahan values pressure over coverage, so usually they're, they're drafting linemen really uh, D linemen really high. I've seen Byron Murphy mocked to the Texans in several mock drafts. I don't know if he'll fall that far. If he does fall that far, the Texans will definitely take him. But from what I can gather, I don't see Byron Murphy falling at, that far to the Texans, uh, even though they did meet with him to do their due diligence. Uh, the Cowboys also uh, are a team that if <laughs> I'm sure if Byron Murphy dropped to them, that they would potentially consider drafting Byron Murphy too, even though they dropped a D tackle in the first round. Um, he was asked about potentially going to the Dallas Cowboys. Here's what Byron Murphy had to say. And you said you haven't met with the Dallas Cowboys yet, but what would it mean to be a part of that organization? Uh, you know, uh, you know, it'll mean a lot because you know I'm from, I'm from Dallas, so uh, you know it'll, it'll be a blessing, you know, to play back home, play play for my home city. So it, it'll it'll mean a lot for sure. Uh, all right, but well, we know that uh, I don't I don't think he'll be there for the Cowboys or the Texans, honestly. Um, but the way it's looking right now, he's going to be drafted somewhere in the teens and probably the higher teens. Uh, but he's a great athlete, and he's expected to show out the combine and put on a show. Even Bruce Feldman uh, said that he's been clocked at 18 miles per hour <laughs> and had the best squat and the best power cling on the team. And he says he's the strongest guy on the team, whether you're talking about squat, bench, or if you're talking about power cling. So he's, he's freaky in a lot of ways. Uh, there was even a uh, Bruce Feldman article that said that he might be expected to run around a 4.8 or a 4.9 in the 40. And if he runs a 4.9 or a 4.8 at that count, at, at 300-some pounds, 
that will probably be the most impressive performance at the combine. Like I said, that 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 is freakish at a whole any whole other level. That's kind of superhuman stuff. All right, he was also speaking of being a great athlete. He was asked about who's a better athlete between uh, some of the other guys coming out in the combine: J.T. Sanders, X Man, and A.D. Mitchell. They also got into a basketball conversation here. It's pretty cool audio. Here is Byron Murphy. Who's the best athlete? Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, or Jatavian Sanders? Man, uh, that's hard right there. But whew, man, I'll probably say X. Okay. X, okay. Thank you. X, I'm yeah. a big Xavier Worthy guy. Well, yeah. when, he's not covering him, so you got to take it for a grain of salt. Byron might say. be able to cover yeah. him. He can do just about everything. All right. This might be a little easier. If you're, start, if you're playing basketball two on two, who who you, it's it's you four guys in the mix. Who's who's your who you drafting first? Oh uh, man, I'm driving uh, X off off the rip. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. There he, we go. Over Adonai. I, I never seen uh, AD hoop, but okay. I know X. <laughs> Sometimes guys might, might be good football yeah. players, not very good basketball yeah. players. But, okay. X, but X for sure, I'm taking him first. I'll Thank you. Up. Now we're, we're making some movement, Rick. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Over Even over Jatavian, who, who could be like a four. Oh, yeah, I'll take him too. He, yeah. <laughs> He's a good hooper too, You're but I'll I, I take X though for sure. <laughs> Glowing endorsement for X-Man. Uh, he's not the only one. Remember Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft that came out earlier this week had Xavier Worthy in the first round um, ahead of A.D. Mitchell. Um, it had him actually 32nd overall going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he probably would hate the uh, the facilities there, but he's going to love his playing experience if he ends up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft also had Byron Murphy going um, number 13. So remember Tony Pauline said, the Vikings at 11 are going to be looking at him. Uh, Mel Kuyper's got him going 13 to the Las Vegas Raiders. He ain't going to be there for the Texans and the Cowboys. Ain't no way. Doesn't feel like it, right? I nah, mean, um, no way. in a draft, as we've talked about, it's going to be dominated by the re receivers, quarterbacks, and tackles, offensive tackles. I mean, but as many as four quarterbacks could go early. Receivers could go three or four early. Oh, Brock yeah. Bowers is in that mix, too. Yep. So, you're, you know, if you consider Brock Bowers an, an offensive, you know, weapon I to do. go early. Yeah. And the offensive tackles. I mean, defensive players aren't going to start coming off the board until the middle of the, of the first round, Rod. He's got the and first And he has a chance one. to be the, the Kuyper's, top one. Kuyper's got verse that uh, D. Jared from, verse from Florida, from Florida State. State. He's got him as the first, but then he's yeah. got Murphy as the second defensive That's player. about right. I mean, middle of the first round. Because yeah. if you're going to be slotted as the number one defensive tackle, um, you know, you're only behind the pass rushers, and, and you know, there really isn't a uh, – there isn't a Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley in this draft. No. I mean, Kool-Aid McKinstry is kind of seen as maybe the best Terry, corner. Terry and Arnold is a good one. Yeah. Cooper DeGene, the, the cornerback from Iowa. The great white hope. The, yeah. <laughs> also the <laughs> kid from Toledo. There's a lot of thought that the kid from Toledo, the cornerback. Yes, Mitchell is his name. Uh, Quinion Mitchell. He actually, he, they have him, or at least Mel Kuyper has him going 17th overall. Well, they, they, he's a guy to watch in the 40. They think he may be the one of the fastest guys at the 40 time Yeah. when we get to there. He's the kid from Toledo. So, yeah, I mean, the point of that is, I mean, Byron Murphy has a chance to be one of the first couple of defensive players drafted yes, because he he's ranked that high. And I know we've had a lot of questions on the text line. Well, you know, Tavondre Sweat won the Outland Trophy. Tavondre Sweat won all the awards. He was the Big 12 defensive player of the year. Why is Byron Murphy seen as the higher-level prospect? I think you said it just a little bit ago. There's a concern of the weight, right? I mean, can, yes. you know, if, if Tavondre is 365 now, what if he keeps growing? He's not much for you on third down. Byron Murphy's a three-down player. Yep. They, they kind of project. Uh, there was a kid in the draft last year, Kalijah Clancy, or Clancy from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, he's a good player. Uh, Aaron Donald is out of Pittsburgh, right? Mm -hmm. They kind of see him as kind of that guy that just never – he's relentless. He's leverage. Uh, he's just a guy that never really has to leave the field and can impact the game on first down, second down, and third down. Yeah, and the thing about you know Byron Murphy also, 
um, and his game. He's a pass. He's a best pass rushing interior D lineman coming out in this draft, and that's his elite ability. Is that he's a good, is a great pass rusher from the interior. He sets guys up with short area quickness. He's got a lot of uh, repertoire of pass rushing moves. Tavondre Sweat is a run stuffing D tackle. And the question is whether he can play three downs and be a pass rushing presence in a passing on third league. down in a passing league. Uh, for for uh, for Byron Murphy, it is for is more it's a value it's a more valuable skill to be a pass rusher, and that's why he is considered you know a, a better prospect coming out. Both of those guys, in my opinion, are top five in both. It's just that. Tavondre Sweat's the best run-stuffing interior D-lineman in this draft. Byron Murphy is the best pass-rushing interior D-lineman in this draft. And Byron Murphy might be top five as a run-stuffer and a pass-rusher. And then maybe Tavondre Sweat is top ten as a pass-rushing D-tackle, but he's the best run-stuffing D-tackle. Just saw some video on NFL Network here this morning of the three Longhorns who are going to participate today headed, making their way into the, uh, to the stadium there. Yep. Uh, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, and Jalen Ford. Put on the show. Uh, headed to do their weigh-ins and uh, measurements and then bench press and then off to the field for the field drills, which will begin today in Indianapolis. Good stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, that's, you know, and, and you watched enough of the film, Rod. I mean, a lot of times in the Big 12, the opposing offenses were focused on, you know, trying to double-team Byron Murphy. That's exactly right. Because you have such a hard time with Byron. Well, that frees up Tavondre's single team. Mm-hmm. There are not many people in the Big 12 that can block Tavondre Sweat by themselves, right? And that was what made Texas so devastating is you can't double-team both of them. Can't double-team both. Can't double-team both. You've got to pick one. And obviously, as you heard from uh, from Byron Murphy, they 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 complemented one another very well. Um, but but I think most in the Big Twelve would say that Byron Murphy is the harder one to block individually because he does have so yes. many moves. Right? Yeah. It's not just raw power. Byron Murphy's quick. He gets underneath you. He's got the leverage game going, and just a relentless player. Uh, so yeah, those two together. Uh, outstanding. So we'll look to see how they do today. Good luck to those guys. J- say say Jalen Ford needs a good good day today. Yeah, he. I mean, it would help for him. I don't expect him to have a a great day because he's not a freak of an athlete. That's not his game. I right. Mean, he's just he's a student of the game and he's a really good. Um, I think pass pass dropping and a pass coverage linebacker. Uh, that's the elite part of his game. So I think you know he's going to be drafted in the middle rounds. I don't know if there's much he's going to do to increase his draft stock here at the combine. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll hit some off the record conversations, Rod. Off the record. Um, off the record, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. Also, we'll uh, get to the, to the Rod's rant in the next hour, some, plus some breaking news from um, personal side from me. We'll get to all that coming up. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, my favorite off-the-record story today, no doubt, Rod, is uh, you know after the L.A. Chargers scored an F, remember did the uh, player survey oh, of yeah. organizations, the L.A. Chargers got an F, F for their daycare services provided for players and their families. Terrible. Twitter Twitter responded with all Philip Rivers jokes. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. That's really good. And Antonio Cromarty. Oh, uh, yes, also a Charger. Good point. I like that. That's good stuff. I like that. 
That's funny. Got to have a daycare. That's funny. That is hilarious. Child care services and off the record, Rod. Oh, man. And and now we're learning. Oh, man. How about this one? This is crazy. Okay, so we just learned that (laughs) the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs is was voted as the worst owner by the players dead ass last right dead last and then i told you like they notoriously they are also pretty cheap like they just they won't spend money on facilities and they don't really spend money on the team either remember i told you they let tyreek hill go because they want to pay him they haven't paid chris jones they just up andy reed they got Mahomes on a team-friendly deal. They got the biggest bargain probably in football. Probably with Travis trade Kelsey. Sneed. Yeah, exactly. They just don't want to spend money. As a matter of fact, only five teams, if you look at it, only five teams have spent less cash than the Kansas City Chiefs since 2019. And look at their playoff success, right? It doesn't matter. So how about this story? This is interesting. The president of the Chiefs had a news conference just yesterday. The irony of it, because the, the the player poll was re- released yesterday, where they voted him, they voted their ownership the worst ownership in the league, threatening to leave Kansas City after their lease expires if the county doesn't vote to pay a higher tax rate to raise hundreds of millions of dollars so the Hunt family's franchise can increase its value by more money. As apparently Clark Hunt asked for a billion dollars in county money on the same day that the results came out that he was the worst owner in football. Apparently they want they want more money to upgrade I don't know facilities. They want I have no idea what they want the money for. A new stadium, I'm assuming. Yeah, they want a new stadium. They want a new with, stadium. With a lot of luxury boxes. Wow. That for is Taylor Swift and that is why think about it guys the the, the Chiefs were worth two point five billion in twenty twenty. Now they're worth four point three billion. That's just in three years. And a new stadium would put them up maybe the highest, you know, Boom, exactly. valued franchise put in the on league. Top. But think about that, though. Yeah, go see your cheap billionaires. Oh, no. Shrewd, as he said. Cheap. Shrewd. Yeah, shrewd. Because they keep winning. Cheap, they win championships. To me, cheap and shrewd can be synonymous. They you know can be, yeah, yeah, they can both exist at the same time. Fru- frugality is a good thing. That's what's going on with Even the when Chiefs. you're a billionaire. Dang, that's how you stay a billionaire. Well, when your players say you're the cheapest ass owner, that's terrible. It's like when your wife calls you cheap. It's like, damn, wife is calling you cheap. That's, that means you really are cheap. She's there. She, right. She's in it with you. <laughs> like, nah, she's cheap. in it with you. You're cheap. Uh, all right. As for uh, the day 29 of February, Rod, leap year. Leap year. You realize that if we didn't have leap years, you know, we have the debate about daylight savings time. Do we need daylight savings? We don't. We don't. We don't need that. It's that can go so away. so annoying. We, that can go away. Please go away. Uh, that's old. That's ancient. That's archaic. But we do need the leap year. We do need the leap year. You realize if the calendar would shift by 25 days every 100 years if we didn't have the extra day once every four years. So okay. over – so eventually, over time, the calendar would shift to where Christmas is in the the winter would come in July. Okay. If you don't have the extra day, so you got to balance it out. I I don't know who figured this out way back when, but that's how they figured it out. Got to figure it, it out. It takes the Earth 365.24 okay. days to orbit the sun, was, which is 365 days, five hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds. I was told there'd be no math involved here. These extra hours create enough time for a new day every four years. Okay. So every four years, you just throw in an extra day. Boom. Boom. Add it. Balances out the calendar. I kind of like that. There you go. I'm glad. I'm glad there are smart people figuring this stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Because I wouldn't figure. You know, I would. I had no shot figuring stuff like that out. I'm yes. They did the math. Good for y'all. So and basically, leap y'all. years are vital to keep the months in sync with the seasons and annual events, including God the equinoxes and the solstices. <laughs> okay. Hey, like I said, I'm glad there are really smart people out there figuring this stuff out. Because I can't do it. I, math was I not just, my strong suit. Just, uh, I'll just follow along here. 
so that's the deal. That's why we have a, a February 29th. And if you were born on actually February 29th, happy birthday. Because you only get that, that actual birthday once for, every four years. And it, you, uh, do people who are actually born on leap years, do they actually do that? Or do they just pick a day and celebrate I'm it? sure they pick one or the other. They just pick a day and celebrate pick it. Pick March 1st, yeah, pick February 28th. Because yeah, that's, just, that's just wrong. Most, I mean, I'm assuming. Like, how do you explain that to a kid? <laughs> Sorry, kid. You only going to celebrate your, your birthday every four years. I would explain it as, uh, you know, every three years. For three years, your birthday comes a day early. So you, you get into the day early because you yeah, just do it on sure. February 28th. Yeah, you just, yeah, you just you switch today. Yeah. You just change today. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. You're right. You just change today. Yeah. You can't celebrate every four years. That's just unfair. That is ain't right. <laughs> that is that ain't right. right. You can't do that as a kid, well, As man. I get older, I kind of like that idea. Now it's like, yeah, you're right, because you <laughs> men don't celebrate birthdays when we get older. We don't even tell now that I'm in my early 50s, I'm like, oh, okay, let's do it. I'm good with a birthday every four years. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Actually, that does not. I won't be fifty-two until you know four years from now. That's great. I'm with you on that. (laughs) That does not bother me at all. All right, so that's why we do this. Happy Leap Year Day, final day of February. And as we said, if you've already gotten your paycheck in the bank, it's uh, it's a free day. You're working for free today. Nah, I don't like the way that sounds. I don't want to work for free. (laughs) Nobody wants to work for free. Come on, man. All right, uh, all right. Let's get to the top of the hour. We'll come back. We'll have some uh, breaking show news. Also, Rod will have us uh, a rant as we roll forward. By the way, remember we were talking about the, the new Beyonce country song that you hate, but your but your but Ty's girlfriend likes. Yeah, I don't like it. It's Texas Hold'em. Yeah, I got to listen to this. But there's now a new theory that the Beyonce's new song sounds like the PBS theme song theme song to the PBS show Franklin. The show Franklin on PBS. You probably haven't seen that. You will when your kid gets older. 